Well, anyway, this is the Guardians of the Future podcast. We'll catch Willie in a second. Um, all good things. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Guardians of the Future on all of you know the places you can get podcasts. Check out the site, Guardians, uh, GuardiansBaseballInsider.com. Um, Willie's got some draft stuff coming up here soon. We've got coverage in Columbus, Akron, Lake County, and the, for the first time, Lynchburg. We have a, a writer in Lynchburg, Josiah Elmore. Uh, from Liberty. He's our, our Lynchburg beat writer this year. We've got coverage in Arizona from Joe whenever that starts out. So um, you're going to want to subscribe now because, again, Willie's got draft content coming out and we've got coverage from all the affiliates this year um, that you're going to want access to. $4.99 a month, super cheap, uh, no commitments. You can subscribe for a month and cancel it if you really want to and if you don't, if you hate it. So uh, give us a try, though. I think we're going to have an exciting year with uh, coverage to every affiliate and and Good draft content. It's going to be a fun draft here. Um, so go do all that stuff. Willie, are you are you good to go now? Can you hear me? Oh, I think you're muted yeah, now, so. man. Jeez. My internet's just acting <laughs> stupid today. Okay. I can all hear right. you just well, fine. With us. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, how was your Easter, Willie? Was the Easter bunny good to your your family, did he leave lots of chocolate behind or did he leave um, other little brown things behind? <laughs> There's an excess of candy in my house. I found um, some, what is it, Swedish fish. I was like, I've got to try these things. I haven't seen these things in forever. So, um, not that, you know, I <laughs> ever snatch any of my kids' candy. <laughs> never, never. There's goblins that come well, out of the closets, kind of, you know, at night. So. <laughs> well, you wouldn't want to do that. There's enough candy laying around here, too. Got all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, all right. Well, like I said, the uh, the minor league season has finally started, and there's a lot to talk about. Um, we're not going to really spend any time on the Guardians, per se, on this one. I mean, we've, we've talked about it, but, um, you know, good hitting. A couple days good, bad hitting the rest of them. Um, but we're here to talk about the prospects. If you haven't listened to us before, uh, we are for the most part, a, uh, a minor league podcast. We, we do delve into the major league team occasionally, but, uh, we try to stick to the major or the minor league portion and the draft as well. Um, we'll try to do a different podcast this year as, as time allows to do actual guardians talk, um, whenever that happens. But, Let's make use of our time um, here, Willie. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is Daniel Spino's double-A debut. Uh, four innings pitched, nine strikeouts, no walks in his first start. Second start, oh, four more innings pitched, uh, no hits, seven strikeouts and three walks. Um, what did you think of Daniel Spino's first couple of games in double-A, Willie? Well, I, truthfully, I didn't watch a whole lot this weekend. Made this weekend more of a family weekend. Uh, but I did watch his debut um, up in Erie. And impressive as always, there were reports he was up to 102. Um, you know, I, I think the cold weather and the damp air probably played a little role in his control. Um, but just seeing him on the mound, seeing how physical he is and how strongly built he is, I, I mean, he looks like workhorse starter for a long time, in my opinion. Um, you know, I've liked him for a long time. Um, like I said, I didn't really watch this weekend. So. 
but with his power stuff, um, you know, there's going to be walks. I just think he's going to mow people down too, though. That's going to offset the walks. Um, huge strikeout rates, I think, still, even into double A. And considering he's a 21 year old where he is, um, I, I think he's going to carry that much of his career as high strikeout rates. The walk rates will probably be a little bit different for this organization um, because Cleveland emphasizes that control. But, it, you know, keep in mind, he is what he is a 21-year-old power pitcher in double-A, which is very young for that level. Yeah, he's a, a premium arm for sure, power stuff. thought the slider looked good in the first start. I didn't see his second start either, but his first start was just so overpowering. And, um, you know, he, he also picked up where he left off. You know, he finished 2021 with no walks in his final two starts. I know he walked three in his um, Canal Park debut over the weekend, but he didn't walk anybody in his first start. That's really good to see. So I think he's really going to um, keep that going. I mean, he, he like you said, he may always walk two or three guys per nine innings, but I think you can live with that. Um, and, and a guy that throws upper 90s to 100, if he leaves one over the plate, it's going to go over the wall. And that's what happened to him up in Erie in the first game. He gave up two solo shots. Um, solo shots, though, you know, nobody else was on base, so it didn't really do a whole lot of damage if he had run support. Um, and I don't remember the score of that game, but, you know, he was keeping a minute, so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, what were he doing this week? I just think the guy's that's coming. What's that? What'd you say, Willie? I missed that. I said, "What were you doing this weekend?" By the way. <laughs> yeah, I had kind of a busy weekend. Um, yeah, Friday <laughs> we were at the. I was at the opener, and then uh, Saturday I got engaged. Yeah, so I, I had a very momentous weekend i was i was totally out of the loop saturday and everything so i was spending the entire day uh trying to get my girlfriend to marry me and it, luckily it worked so now i've got a lot to catch up on after all that <laughs> all right so we talked about daniel Spino's uh first start in akron how about joe naranjo uh willie three homers in the first week of the season for lake county that's tied to the organizational lead. He looks like a different player this year in Lake County to me. He looks uh, bigger physically. He looks more comfortable. When I saw him in his first game, he hit a, uh, hit a home run on Thursday in the, in the captain's first homestand. Um, I mean, he's really going to need that power, obviously, because he's a, a left-hand hitting, left-hand throwing first baseman, so his options are limited. But um, wh what do you think of Naranjo going forward? I mean, obviously, he needs the power, but um, any added power – you know, should help him. I, I'm I'm just still surprised at how much maybe he strikes out for a guy that we think the hit tool has got to carry him. Yeah, you know, he had Jake Bauer comps coming into the draft when they picked him a few years ago. Um, I don't know. Smaller guy. I think young for the, the level still. Something that I look at a lot and how they're going to compete at the level against older competition having experience at Lake County already, I think plays into it. it. It also is intriguing to me that there's several guys that seem to have bulked up over the wing, over the winter and gotten stronger. Um, definitely will play an impact as far as how his power plays. You know, I don't know if that's something that they specifically emphasize with a lot of players, but it seems like Oscar Mercado, Eli Morgan, um, I think even uh, Milan Tolentino added a little bulk over the off season. Um, several guys needed to do that too, though. And it could be just natural maturation for him. Um, I, I think you're still 
probably uh, maybe an org guy or a guy that gets a cup of coffee after a while, um, you know, as he climbs the ladder. But I wouldn't get too excited about him yet. Yet, uh, but I hope that it's that the hit toll is real. So. Yeah, I like. I'd love to see him cut down the strikeouts a little bit. He's a little bit passive at the plate, but the power looks good. He's lifting the ball more. I know his fly ball rates are up. It's early, but. Um, you know, he doesn't turn 21 for another five weeks, so he's still young for that level. We'll see what happens. He he did okay last year. You know, he still drew a lot of walks, which is good. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, if any power comes, it's only going to help him. Uh, how about Will Brennan so far? My prediction this year was Will Brennan was going to have a breakout. I think that looks pretty good so far. Uh, 10% walk rate, 7.9% uh, strikeout rate, five doubles, uh, a 10-10 OPS. No home runs yet, but a bunch of doubles. Um, I don't know. It's only a good prediction. You think he's going to carry that most of the year though? Yeah. I mean, I think that's the type of player he is. You know that I like Brennan. I've mentioned to him, him to you before thinking that he's a safe four or five outfielder in the future. Um, he was also a pitcher in college. You know, I, I think it's just, they do a really good job identifying these guys that have good, uh, um, contact rates and just a good, um, a good player, but not standout tools, if you will. There's nothing that really stands out about Brennan. You know, that's why I think he has a really safe ceiling and a really safe floor at the same time. Um, you know, when they drafted him, I said he'd probably be a, a fourth or fifth major league outfielder. And I think that's where he's projecting to right now. I don't think there's home run power there. I think it's doubles. And I think uh, he's got enough speed that he's going to steal some bases. Not a ton, you know, but I think he's just going to be a, a good major league player in a year or two. I think he's a better runner than Steven Kwan. And I think that he probably plays the outfield a little bit better. And he's, we know he's got a better arm than Steven Kwan. Uh, At the plate, I would just say he's probably Kwan light where uh, Brennan's a more physical player. You know, he's bigger, a little bit stronger than Kwan. Um, I I guess we don't really know how much power Kwan's going to have. He hasn't shown it in the majors yet. He had 12, homers and over 300 at bats last year in the minors, but um, you're right. I, I don't expect a ton of over the fence power for Brennan, but I do think that his, his batting eye and his ability to make contact is Quan light. Like it's really good. Obviously I said the, you know, he's walked more and he struck out so far. He's always had good rates there. So he won't, he won't reach the level of Steven Quan where he might go, you know, 12, 13 at bats without missing a pitch, but, um, it's still pretty good plate discipline, which gives him a chance to have good at bat. So I, I would, I guess I would call maybe, him Stephen Kwan light, which makes him a fourth outfielder. You're right. Yeah, maybe, um, maybe Ernie Clement is a fair, comp, uh, you know, type of um, comparison because you're not getting a lot of power there. What power you get is going to be doubles. There's some speed to take bases, um, and he's going to put up professional at bats. You know, I, I think, and in essence, it's a type of player that they like to draft and and get that kind of late in the draft, you know, um, you mentioned Connor Cox, uh, a few days back, I think to me, somebody that you were impressed with when you saw him. And I think it's some of the similar attributes that they carry. Yeah, he, for sure. So far, it looks exactly like that. A ton of walks. Haven't seen a lot of power from him yet, but, um, definitely professional at bats, a good outfielder as well. Uh, Gabriel Arias, good start at triple a again. Uh, you know, he finished spring training strong, He's got a homer and four doubles so far. Uh, 121 uh, way to runs created plus 30% strikeout rate though. Uh, but it's, you know, it's early, but 
Um, it just seems like he's going to continue pushing the envelope. I wonder, you know, the Ahmed, the, Ahmed, the Ahmed Rosario experiment in left field looks like it's already over. We saw him once. He dropped the fly ball in left field because of the wind. And they were like, well, that's enough of that. And now he's playing shortstop every day. And um, I guess that doesn't mean good things for Gabriel Arias because now he's got to push Ahmed Rosario and Andre Jimenez off of shortstop because, you know, Jimenez is the backup who's moved to second. He's not playing full time. So now essentially he has two players in his path. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do, but it seems like he's ready to push the envelope. Yeah. I would like to get, see him get his opportunity. You know, I, I've tweeted that and mentioned that several times. I don't think I'm Rosario is a fit for the roster long-term. Um, I think he's biding time and I think it's going to benefit the guardians in the long run in that, you know, they'll get that extra service time from Arias. Um, but I think Jimenez over at second base, I mean, you got a young player. He needs to be playing every day. It's good to see somebody like Owen Miller get almost every day at bats now. Uh, and we see what he's done. And when Jimenez was in there for a couple of days, he seemed like he started to settle in and performed. I think he was hitting like 263, 265, something in that um, in that range. Um starting to see what he could be, but I think he needs to be playing every day. Like you mentioned, I, I think the issue is, is they really like Rosario, but he's just not a, a shortstop. And I can't for the life of me understand why he was never tried at second base by anyone. And it seems really odd that he would get one run in the outfield on a really windy day and a huge ballpark. And then they're done with him in left field. Um, and they exactly. never really gave him a chance out there to begin with. Uh, really leading up to the season. If you want to convert a guy that's played shortstop most of his career to the outfield, you need to put him in the outfield every single day and have him shag a few extra fly balls too. you know, my opinion, but Hey, what do I know? (laughs) Right. We're just sitting around talking. I don't know. Yeah. Very strange. I think, you know, at this point, either Rosario is a trade asset Mm-hmm. or Gabriel Arias says one or two. I, you could even say both of those guys may not be in the organization at some point in time, but I think Rosario first, he's got two years of control, including this season. Um, he's not a shortstop. He's not a left fielder. Like I said, he probably should have been converted base. at some point to second base where he could be an offensive second baseman. Um, but that hasn't been tried. And I don't know why that wasn't an option to begin with. I would flip the two, you know, Rosario put him at right, second. Prove the and, defense. Yeah, exactly. But, but what do I know again? Right. <laughs> we, we, we're just talking. <laughs> uh, Bo Naylor off to a good start in Akron. That's good to see. He's having a bit of a rebound, uh, a couple walks. Uh, he's got a double, a triple, and two steals. How about that? A double and a triple and two steals from, from your catcher, man. He's got all the tools. Uh, there's still some strikeout concerns, but uh, still young now. level. We need a catcher that can hit. <laughs> Yeesh. I know. I know. I, I texted somebody. I said, Hey, Austin Hedges is the reason that the guardian scored on Sunday. He's the only reason that he said yep. they scored. And I'm like, well, that's a bad state of affairs. I, I said the other day too, he had a fly ball to the warning track. I said, just give him the home run. That's as good as it's going to get. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, Joey Cantillo. How about that? Willie? his first start uh, had a kind of a rough uh, start to the game. He gave up a home run of the leadoff batter. And he didn't strike anybody out until the third inning, but he ended up with five innings pitched, seven strikeouts, uh, three hits, no walks, and the home run. Good to see a healthy Joey Cantillo. I heard he was about 91 to 94 
And I don't know if you saw the video I posted, but his curveball mm-hmm. had some new life to it. it. Had some extra bite, a little more shape. Uh, we, we saw, we knew the velocity had to increase for him. We knew that was a big thing. Uh, but it looks like he's also added velocity to the curveball, which has made it less of a big loopy curveball. And now it's got some more tight break. And it's, uh, I know it's one start, but it's hard not to get excited because we were, we were really excited to get him uh, in the organization when the uh, Clevenger trade happened. Yeah, I, I think maybe a lot of people jumped off of Cantillo um, just because you had 2020 happen. And then last year he missed most of the season. I said last year was just a wash for him. I think it was a great thing. First of all, that there was no rule five draft and, you know, protecting him from that because there wasn't one. Um, You know, I, I think now that he's healthy, we're starting to see what, that extra maturation can do it. And, you know, I'd pointed out before that they'd shorten that arm circle of his, um, that should help improve his control. It's, it's great to see these young pitchers and young players starting to mature and develop. And I think that's what you see with him as being a little bit stronger. You see the increase in velocity uh, to me, he looked what video I saw of him. He looked like he'd filled out a little bit, and I could be mistaken on that. But, you know, when you haven't hardly seen a guy in two years, um, he just physically looked a little bit stronger, a little bit bigger to me. Uh, that was one of my impressions looking of it, looking at him. Um, I said that about Eli Morgan, too, you know, and he's, he's carried a couple extra miles per hour on his fastball with the extra weight gain. Um, I, I really want to see what can till yo can do I'm trying to say his name right. And I mess it up about every other time. So <laughs> um, you and I were both very high on him when he came over to the organization. And now I think we have an opportunity to see that a lot of people are probably sleeping on him. Um, I know we were down on him on, in the rankings, but when you missed almost in a season of development, that's what's going to happen. And, and it's kind of the way we treated the uh, guys that had Tommy John surgery. We dropped them in our rankings and kind of treated him the same way because he essentially missed an entire season um, backing that up to missing 2020. So I think there's right. a good opportunity for a big rebound for him. Um, not that we didn't think it wasn't there. Uh, it's just good to see it actually coming to fruition. Let's hope it continues that way with him. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see how he follows that up. It was definitely a really good start after that. Uh, especially like I said, he a lot of lead off home run. He rebounded from that very fast. So that was uh Definitely a good sign. Um, I'm going to flip these two real quick. So George Valera off to an interesting start at Akron. Um, hasn't hit much, but when he does, it's, it's impactful. He's hit a, a home run, an extra base hit. Um, he's walked at a 30% rate early in the going. But that's that seems to be what George Valera's approach is these days. He is not swinging at anything he doesn't think he can crush, and it's leading to high walk rates. It's leading to some strikeout, you know, some strikeouts early on. He's a little too passive maybe, but he seems to have his approach down and he's, he's starting to settle in an Akron. So that's really fun. I think that's how you can tell he's locked in. Yeah. He's going to be a fun player for the organization. I hope he moves pretty quickly. I, I think some people expect him this year. I don't know. I say, let him play, let him force the issue. Not that there's a lot of people ahead of him blocking him, you know, but uh, I don't know. I, I want to see him hitting more than the Mendoza line too. So. Let's make yeah, regular it's early. And, and get the walks. <laughs> right. I, he's I always going to have his walks. I, I do think he could be a midsummer call up to Columbus, you know, if he starts 
in a groove like I think he can do. Yeah, there's no one up there that should block him either. I mean, they've got Daniel Johnson and Alex Call, and um, I know Will Benson's up there, but they got some other guys they can push for um, playing time if they really wanted to. Um, I want to get your take on this real quick. We've got some other things I want to move on to, but real quick, um, Seth Cadell was on the Akron opening day roster. He's backing up Bo Naylor. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts on Seth Cadell making it to Akron to start? Because he was Gavin Williams' college catcher, and I did see some comments from some ECU Twitter handles that came back when I tweeted that, and they said, well, he was underdrafted because, or underselected because he went undrafted, but because of the shortened draft. But I'm, I'm still kind of surprised to see them push him all the way to double A to start. I think he's a potential backup catcher. Um, I will say that about him. I think I had a five to seven round grade on him whenever he was coming into the draft. Um, I was a little surprised he wasn't taken. It seems like some guys kind of get forgotten. I think that he played like some first base and catcher in college and then became full-time catcher. He wasn't the catcher right away. So some of his development was all, well, I'll say most of his development came over one season. So just getting to see one season of a guy, of course, you're losing 2020. So can you count 2020 against him? I don't think so. And then his freshman season, I, I don't think he got to play a whole lot of freshman year. Um, I think all of that factors in. You, you see a guy that he's not a great catcher. Don't get me wrong. I think he could be an average catcher. I think he's got a decent arm. Um, like I said, I think he could be a, a cup of coffee type of backup type of catcher, if that makes sense. Kind of a David Fry type. Not that he has the versatility, because I think David Fry is uh, your third catcher, if you will. I think Cadell could be a caddy if needed at some point in time. Um, I do think there's some intrigue that he's already there. I look at it more telling of the organization's lack of catching prospects. You see a guy like Eric Rodriguez getting bounced around up and down the system. I think he had time in Columbus already, and he may have already been down in Lake County too. I'm not sure. Um, but I, I won't overblow the fact that Cadell is already in, in Akron. I don't think he's only played maybe twice so far. Um, mm-hmm. I think maybe one hit and nine at-bats or something like that. So um he does have a reputation of working with the pitchers. I know that was one thing that I picked up on some scouting reports of him whenever I was trying to dig for information, whenever they signed him, um, there were several reports that he had a good, really good rapport with the pitchers that he worked with. And you know how important that is to this organization. <laughs> um, right. That a catcher be able to work with the pitchers. The, I, I think all of that kind of plays into it. I, I don't think he's ever going to be anything more than maybe a cup of coffee type of catcher though. And that's not a slight towards him because I do like him. No, that's more time than some guys get the majors. So you never know. Um, Speaking of uh, coffee, (laughs) coffee, well, not coffee. I was going to say, well, he, the pitcher he worked with in college, we referenced was Gavin Williams. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to get to some first impressions of of anybody you might've seen. And I've seen a couple of them. Um, We were talking off air before we started about him let's let's talk about gavin williams uh really strong start to his career uh i think he's got what 17 strikeouts and eight innings pitch three walks uh just overpowering the two lineups that he faced i i i only seen the one start on video i didn't see him in person his first time out but um in reports of 94 to 99 a lot of run on the fastball really strong slider yeah 17 strikeouts eight and two-thirds innings pitched uh, three walks, three runs, three hits. I think that's about what we expected, right? 
Yeah, you know, you and I said, and kind of off air, we both said this even that, hey, he belongs in double A and it's not going to be long before he's there. Um, he's 22 right now, he'll be 23 soon. So he should be mowing down the talent that he's facing right now. Um, I want to see him, him perform and do that to some of the better prospects, you know, in in high A right now. And then when he gets double A, I want to see him carry this over. Um, you can blame some of the runs and stuff sometimes on trying to work on pitches or sometimes younger players that are developing defensively. I was mm -hmm. curious about the runs because he gave up three runs in a dominant start. You know, he gave up three runs on Curious what happened there. Of course, Lake County's broadcast wasn't on, so I don't know, you know. Um, but I, I think he can continue to mow down, guys. Like I said, Gavin Williams, you know, is somebody I liked last year in the draft, and Gavin Williams is somebody I think that could potentially surpass Daniel Espino and could possibly be the number one prospect in the organization next year, and that's saying a lot. Yeah, he's that good for sure. I, I'm excited. I, I'll, barring any changes, I should be in Lake County to see him on April 29th in person for the first time. Um, you know, things could change weather considering it snowed today and it might snow tomorrow. And who knows what will happen in the next two weeks by then. It could We could have uh, a monsoon or something. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm excited to see him. I, I, don't, I don't know how many starts in Lake County he's going to get. I think we, we both said about five was about accurate. And Logan Allen got ten, but. Like you said, uh, Gavin Williams is a different beast. So, uh, yeah, he's, sure he's a man on the mound. I mean, that's that's putting Garrett Cole up against Double A players, you know. Yeah, you know that's a good comp. I look at his delivery and I look at his fastball and his slider, and you can see shades of Garrett Cole. I feel like I I don't want to put you know saying oh he's going to win a Cy Young, but the delivery looks like it's familiar, and and the the way the fastball rides and. Um, just the demeanor on the mound. He's an imposing presence. Yeah, just a big physical guy. Yeah, definitely a lot of fun. Um, any thoughts on what you might have seen from Doug Nikhazy? Uh I didn't see his first start. I know it was kind of shaky. Tommy Mace had a rough first start, but he rebounded a good in his second start. Tanner, I'm going to get the name wrong too. Tanner Bybee or Tanner Bibby? Uh, I think it's Bybee, maybe. It's Bibby. Yeah, we'll okay. He had a good first start. Yeah. He had a good first start. And then I mentioned Connor Cox. Uh, Connor Cox, not not hitting a ton early on, but he's walking a ton. I think he's played a uh, good left field at the times I've seen him. Uh, good arm. Any any thoughts on the pitchers? Because Lake County's entire pitching staff is just full of rookies, full of pro, pro rookies. A little surprised that they started left switch down in Lynchburg, to be honest with you. I, I thought for sure they would start left switch in the bullpen in Lake County, but he's starting or he's piggybacking. Um, so they're still giving him an opportunity to develop. Um, not surprised with Casey, a little bit of control issues in the first start, um, struck out the guys, smaller left-handed pitcher. Um, he's a, he's a fun guy though. I, I like the, the competitiveness, the aggression, if you will, on the mound. Um, I like those bulldog type of mentalities and he's not scared of taking it to anyone or trying trying to take it to anyone even. Um, Tanner Bibby is a guy I think that has four or five number starter um, type of potential, command control type of pitcher. I think he's running it up to 94, 95 now, but he's usually low 90s. Um, 
I, if I remember right, he's already 23 too. So if he's doing that. Uh, he should, in my opinion, already be in double A too. Another one of those guys that could have, could have been in double A. And he went back to school, you know, because of the short draft uh, in 2020. So that impacted him. That impacted a guy like uh, Trenton Denholm too, who chose to go back. And then Tommy Mace as well. And Mace was a lot better yesterday. Just looking at the numbers, I think he had four innings pitched and maybe five Ks and one walk. Um, got blew up in his first start. But what we already knew, you know, mid-90s fastball. I uh, think there's been reports in the past up to 97, 98. And he's got that nice curveball too. So uh, another guy. I thought I his curve in the first start looked really good. I, I mean, I know the first start didn't go good, but you could see the shades of mm-hmm. the curveball being really effective. Yeah, in those three, um, Nikhazy, Mace, and, and Williams, all those guys belong in Akron to me. Tanner Baby, <laughs> yeah. Tanner Baby should be the fifth starter in Akron. Um, I think the thing is, you see Cleveland has so much pitching depth, and, and you know, as I'm starting to write about, there's more pitching coming um, in the draft this summer, so. Um, a lot of the top arms are injured, but you know what? Hey, it's a great year for second round, third round talent. Great year to grab an injured arm, rehab them, and bring them back next year, kind of like they did with Ryan Webb, who we'll probably get to see sometime this summer. Yeah, I know. I'm anxiously awaiting. I wonder where they're going to send him to start. I, I feel like it's probably going to be Lake County because he was advanced enough, but they also, I don't know, maybe I feel like they're going to skip Lynchburg for him because he is he was a college arm and there's no point in jumping him from AZL to or to Lynchburg to Lake County. You might as well just go right to Lake County. What's the point in setting him up in Lynchburg for like three starts? Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, if they do, it's just about innings for him and, and placement, if you will. Um, just to get him to log innings and how roster dynamics are playing out at the time, you know. Uh, I'm assuming he's going to be back probably before the draft or around the draft. So you could even have an influx of a few more arms coming into the system. Uh, Don't expect whenever they do draft players that they'll run them out there very quickly, probably see what them, see them do what they did this year is hold a lot of the guys off until late and then bring them in next season. You know, Um, I, I, like I said, a little surprised that left went to Lynchburg, but there's some interesting guys in Lynchburg that I don't know if you want to talk about right now or not. Yeah, we can. I was just going to run through. I mean, I know Tanner Burns had a good double-A debut in his first start. Not surprised there, truly, because we know what he is. Um, but I'm, I'm glad to see him healthy because the end of 2021 was not the greatest for him. Um, but healthy, we know what he's capable of. He's a 3-4 a, a starter without much projection, but the stuff's solid. Uh, I just wanted to hit on Tobias Myers. First start, not so great. Uh, three or three earned runs and. and Three and a third, but his second start, he allowed uh, just he allowed two runs in four innings, but struck out seven, walked one. That was his organizational debut, so that was fun to see. Uh, Nick Mikolacek, three innings, two for two on saves, four strikeouts, no walks. Um, I hope by May or June, Nick Mikolacek is in the Guardians bullpen and not Triple A because uh, he's he's just about ready. Yeah, I, I think that's a given at some point in time that he'll be up. Uh, they definitely need some. Help in the bullpen, I'll say. Trying to be kind here. Um, (laughs) It's rough. It's already pretty young and inexperienced. That's the thing. Like, Anthony Goes doesn't have enough experience. Anthony Castro doesn't. Uh, Sam Henches doesn't have a ton. Logan Allen's pitched enough, but he's just not. Yeah. It's a very weird bullpen. And he's, you know, he's young too, but I think he's ready talent wise. 
yeah, Class A. I mean, he's 23, 24 years old, isn't he? 23, I think. So. Yeah, and he's their second most experienced reliever behind uh, Brian Shaw. You know that they're and Trevor Steffen's to... 26. You know, this is his second major league season. So, you know, have you uh, have you seen what he's done so far, Willie? Trevor Steffen looks good, man. He's yeah, it's that said, looks it's, awesome. Yeah. So I was getting ready to say that that split change that he's added, um, impressive. Probably doing a little bit better than I thought he would, even though I did say he could have set up man potential whenever they got him. I just figured, you know, blow the doors off of people with a fastball and the slider combo that he had. Changeup wasn't much for him, so he scrapped it. But uh, I think it was a good move for him to add that split. Yeah, courtesy of Blake Parker last year was the one that helped him with that. See, that's what yep. that's what you hope when you add veterans to your your roster exactly. like that as they pick up something and he got that from Blake Parker so that's good. He yeah he's looked really good. Um so what is what is Brian Shaw teaching people <laughs> about the weather I, I, <laughs> the weather or, or I guess how to pitch 81 games a year without your arm falling off. Hey durability it's it's a big <laughs> thing for bullpen arm. Yeah, he's still around. Hey Cody Allen and Andrew yeah. Miller both hung it up because their arms were fried and he's He's hanging around, so uh, he you is the Guardians' the all-time there. leader. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. I wonder how that all happened. <laughs> uh, let's see. You mentioned you mentioned uh, Trenton Denholm. He had a rough first start. Uh, I watched a little bit of Jack Leftwich today. Love the slider. Uh, the delivery still a bit concerning. Um, I'll, I'll talk about the two guys that I watched uh, so far, and that was. Um, Hunter Stanley and, or I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm not sorry, Hunter Stanley, uh, Reed Johnson and, and Davis Sharp. Uh, Reed Johnson, that delivery, definitely a reliever. Uh, I, I have a hard time believing he's going to start. Or maybe that was Davis Sharp. I think it was Reed Johnson. It was Reed um, Johnson. Fa- yeah. yeah, fast, but fastball slider, man, was really nasty. He was good in his first outing. Davis Sharp equally as good. His delivery was a little bit better, but um, both those guys to me scream fastball slider relievers that, could move quickly. I think Johnson's got good stuff. Uh, I hear, I didn't see much of it, but I hear Rodney Boone's been off to a good start, and um, so has Will Dion. Yeah, Which, I didn't. I didn't watch more than just video on those two guys. I had. I don't remember watching a whole lot of Lynchburg to this point. To be honest with you, more Akron and watched some Lake County, and uh, I think a little bit of Columbus so far. So I don't think I've even picked up. Lynchburg at all other than stats and some video that I've seen online. Um, definitely intriguing. The number of young arms deep into the system, you know, like I said, at Lynchburg, Jake Miller, you didn't mention, um, got blew up his first start, uh, was better yesterday. I know you said you liked his change and, um, oh, gee whiz, who followed him yesterday? Jack Lefwich, I think it was. It was Lefwich and he, and he was really impressive. Yeah. And I think that's a reliever delivery with him too. Very stiff on that front leg um, with that twist corkscrew twist yeah. toward first base. So um, that screams arthritis to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as he can do it one inning at a time for, you know, maybe Brian Shaw needs to talk to him. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But I think that, uh, I think that fastball slider with left, which even plays, uh, Hunter Stanley, you mentioned, I saw a little bit of video of him. He's one that I said should move pretty quickly. He's already 24 years old. Drafted him last I'm year. I'm surprised he's, he's not in Lake County. Or he isn't he in Lake County? Oh, maybe he is. Maybe I got that wrong. Jeez, that's early yeah, in the season yeah, for Stanley, us, Stanley pitched a game or two already okay. with Lake County. So I think you got one of them crossed up. Um, Look at that. Yeah, it it happens. I mean, you had an exciting on the podcast. We'll blame it on that. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, Carson Tucker, first couple games. So I've tried to watch Lynchburg as much as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the video feeds in that league are not the best. Lynchburg's is, is all right. They're okay most times. They're good for um, pitcher batter view. They're not so good for fielding. Um, the other ones, they were in Salem, and I just I couldn't watch them in Salem because they were the, the feed was just so terrible. There was no point. Um, I've I watched a lot of Akron. I've watched Lake County on the road. I try to avoid AAA because a AAA um, when they're on the road, Matt, they're a PA guy and social guy. He po- posts all the highlight videos, so I don't have to worry about even watching them intently because he posts a lot of video. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's AAA, so I don't want to. I don't want to watch Alex Call and Daniel Johnson. You know, no disrespect to those guys, but I'm I'm not tuning the AAA every night because of that. I, I watched Peyton Battenfield's first couple starts. I really like Peyton Battenfield, and I think he's going to be good. Um, so, you know, I did tune in for that as well. But I've watched a lot of Akron and Lake County, and uh, I did watch Lynchburg. I did think that uh, Carson Tucker's swing, he was a little out of sorts early on. Uh, he had a hit yesterday, an RBI single. But uh, early on, he kind of looked like he was overpowered a little bit. Or maybe he was just getting his feet under him. Um, Jake Fox, I saw him make a nice play at third today, uh, yesterday on video. Uh, surprised by the arm. He had a really good arm going from third to first. Um, I kind of thought it was going to be a second base arm, but it's, it looks like he can, he can throw from anywhere. So that was good to see. And yeah, that's, that's been um, one of the knocks on Fox. And my understanding, he's another player that focused on adding some strength this off season. I think that that's where you see it. And, you know, I saw some video over the winter of him um, jacking a few over the walls in um, instructs, you know, so a little bit of loft in that swing too. Um, he might be a guy that just continues to fill out his frame, ends up. Um, maybe it's not a shortstop profile, but maybe it's a third baseman profile for him. Uh, good to hear that the arm has ticked upward, though. You know, a- again, another guy that was young for the class last year. I'll go back and talk to Carson Tucker, too, even. You know, same age when he was drafted as as Fox was last year. He essentially lost 2020 because of COVID. And then he had the hand injury last year so really not played a lot in the last two years. So I, th- I expect the first few months to be a struggle for Tucker as he gets his feet back under him. Uh, a player that I think has been impressive so far though, Milan Tolentino, I think deserves to be mentioned too. We haven't even talked about any yeah, of the offers sure. either yet though. So, Yeah, no, Milan Tolentino has um, definitely been off to a good start. Uh, definitely has added some, some to his frame. I really like that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know how the power is going to progress truly, but he has definitely looks bigger. So I think the potential's there. His arm is already good. Defense we know is good for him. Um, and I was going to mention Luis Durango and Isaiah Green. Durango, uh, definitely 80 grade speed. No doubt about that. Uh, I think I, I think I clocked him once um, under four to first base. So he is every bit as fast as you think he is. And Isaiah Green also very fast, but what I've been very impressed by so far for Green is, his uh, plate discipline. He works at bats and I think he tends to overswing at times. And again, this is all early. You know, these guys are, you know, 15, 20 at bats into their season. And um, they're for most of these guys, it's their first time in affiliated ball. They're out of the complex leagues. Uh, his swing got, got a little over, he, over anxious at times, but um, he's worked a lot of walks. He clearly knows the strike zone. So I think that's good to see for a player of his age. Uh, very exciting. Anybody I miss that you want to add? Not that I can think of. I think we touched on all of them. I even tagged in one there. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I had I had you know uh, Zach Petway and, and Franco Alamon um, penciled in too, but Alamon wasn't really that special in his first outing. I know he was up to ninety five, um, but he obviously struggled his command because we that was the one guy who was really I think was kind of out of left field, Willie, wasn't he last year? That Alamon didn't really have um, typical Cleveland control, but they must see some untapped potential because he bounced around to three colleges and obviously has a big arm. Um, you know, I, I think the numbers kind of show opposite Justin that he did have good control. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, fastball slider guy. If I remember right too, I don't can't say I remember cause there's so many arms in the system to pay attention to right now. Um, yes, yeah. and it seems like a lot of them, you say fastball slider, fastball slider, you know, um, there's potential for a starting pitcher there. He, as you said, bounced around three different Florida schools. If I remember right. Mm-hmm before landing with the Gators last year. Big guy, too, and he was young for the draft class and was a guy that started a little bit for Florida, worked in the bullpen. Um, he's never really had that defined role, kind of like Jack Lefwich, who was a fireman in college who did everything. I think Elmon, not to the same extent as Lefwich, uh, Elmon hasn't really had any stability. So I think that this is all building a foundation for him. Um, you want to see his second half and you want to see improvement in the second half for a guy like that. Kind of the way I kind of give him a rule of thumb, if you will. Um, Elman having that instability throughout his career, I want to see how he does. And I'll give a little leeway the first part of it. Uh, Zach Petway was a shorter right-hander, I think with a high arm delivery, another over the top. Um, I didn't, didn't see anything on him. Um, that really stands out. He's a guy that has really good control, low nineties fastball. I think uh, a nice curveball. I should have mentioned him earlier, and I forgot. Savion Curry was impressive after he followed Daniel Espino and he read that that game. So I want to give yeah, a shout out there. Start, kind of, yeah, his second start he kind of blew up. He uh, was good early, and then I think gave up some runs. But his first start, you're right, was really was just as impressive. Uh, that's a that's a tough two guys to face. You go from overpowering Daniel Espino and you go to Curry, who's just got such great control and command and rides that fastball at the top of the zone, has that big hook. I mean, that's, that's an unfair combination. Yeah. And, and he had one of the batters from here. He just laughing at himself when he struck out. Oh, know? really? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, we, we got a ton of questions too. We can get to, but I want to, I want to quickly uh, mention some guys that we've noticed. Thanks to Arthur for tracking the rosters for us. Um, so, Willie, here are some guys that are not on any uh, rosters currently for the club. Uh, Josh Wolf was the first one that stood out to me. There's uh, Damon Cassetta Stubbs, who really didn't pitch for any affiliate last year after the Jake Bowers trade. I know he got like a game in Lynchburg uh, before the end of the year, but he's not currently on a roster. We know that Ethan Hankins, Carlos Vargas, uh, Shane McCarthy, and Ryan Webb are all recovering from Tommy John at various stages. Uh, McCarthy should be back late this year. Um, I think we're thinking Hankins, Vargas, and Webb midseason. Um, the other guys that stood out to me, though, were Liam Jenkins, Alex Royalty, both pitchers, uh, Alonzo Richardson, who was a pitcher slash shortstop, who I think was mostly a pitcher last year, if I remember right, in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Thornton is the one draft pick from last year who's not on a roster uh, besides Ryan Webb. Junior San Quentin is not on a roster. He was uh, – uh, one of those 2017 uh, draft class or signings from the international, uh, a lot of power corner infielder, Jose Pastrano, another high kind of high profile um, 
international signing who I'm surprised is not anywhere. And then Quinton Holmes, who was the 2017 uh, comp B pick, I think competitive balance pick because Cleveland didn't have a, a first rounder because of the Edwin signing that year. So he was second technically the first pick. pick that year. I was second. Okay. So he was a second round pick. Um, any, any thoughts on those guys not being on rosters anywhere? I know it's besides the guys we know that are hurt. Yeah. Josh Wolf uh, is expected back. I think the first part of May um, okay. been dealing with a shoulder strain from what I've heard. I uh, haven't heard anything on Cassetta Stubbs. Um, you know, you, you already mentioned Vargas and Hankins, all of those McCarthy, all of them recovering for Tommy John and Webb too. Um, Pastrano, I'm going to guess, is probably working out in Arizona. Holmes was with the team um, in spring training in Arizona, so mm-hmm. I don't know if he's still, you know, working facility or, or what. Just my guess on a sign. Um, Tyler Thornton was one that I think pitched um, in some of the minor league games, too. I know he was up to 95 uh, this spring, from what I'd heard. I'm just guessing it's a matter of time before he's assigned out to a roster um, I think you'll like the arm slot once you see him too, Justin. Low <laughs> delivery, very similar, similar to Logan T. Allen from the right side. Yeah, that seems to be their 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 prototype is either over the top or the guys that have that low, um, that low release that gives them a good vertical approach angle to keep that mm-hmm. very flat fastball that that rides really well. Um, yeah, Liam Jenkins, Alex Royalty. I'm not sure what happened there. Jenkins was pitching at the end of 2020 in Lynchburg, and you know we know he didn't have uh, the greatest command. But I know he was up to a 99 last year. Alex Royalty was a a pretty reliable guy for Akron last year when when they had a bunch of pitching injuries. So I'm not sure what happened to him, and I still have no idea what's going on with Richardson. If they're gonna try to make him a shortstop again, or if he's gonna keep pitching. I mean, your guess he, is he as good as mine. I think all of last year. Uh, I would expect right. that's probably more of the same for him. And conversion guy was very young when they signed him as a non-drafted free agent. So I'm guessing they're probably repeating Arizona with him again as a pitcher. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably send him out to Lynchburg sometime this season. If he's still with the org. Um, like I said, all of it's a guess. Haven't heard anything there, but you know, um, he was an interesting guy though. He was 92, 93 and he's a smaller frame righty. I think probably adding a little bit of weight to that frame could. Yeah, he was smaller. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, imagine a good athlete though. If he's a shortstop and a pitcher, I mean that's yeah. says to me you're probably a pretty good athlete if you're a two way player. Uh, I think Quentin Holmes. I don't know. I don't want to read too much into it and say anything, but uh, to me that says that he's probably uh, on thin ice. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, he's had a lot of chances and he's been hurt. But um, yeah, you want to get to some questions? Anything that uh, you want to bring up before we get to that point? No. I'm ready to roll. Let's do it. All right. First question from uh, Pete and Gove, OZWI80. Uh, which prospects do you feel most comfortable trading away? Willie, who do you feel most comfortable trading away? All, all the injured guys. <laughs> all the injured guys. Anybody who's hurt, we're good. Yeah. Well, you, you trade away the injured ones, and then all of your healthy guys get hurt, so. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm guessing the question here is more toward who are your, who are the guys that you don't want to trade away? So I don't want to trade away Daniel Espino. I don't want to trade away Arias. I don't want to trade away Rocchio. I don't want to trade away Valera. I don't want to trade away Williams. I don't want to trade away Allen. Other than that, 
Do we have Everybody. room to make a deal here? <laughs> I don't want to trade you're these not gonna 10 get, specific players. Yeah, you're you're not going to get value if you try to trade Freeman. You're not going to get value if you try to trade Jones either. Both of them off to a slow start and, you know, injury questions with Freeman. And then I don't think it's injury questions with Jones. Some would, some would knock, you know, is Jones going to be a platoon guy or, or what? I'd rather just keep him and see how it plays out at this point, unless he's a guy that gets you over the top for Brian Reynolds, which I don't think is happening. Um, but any anybody outside of those 10, 11, 12, 13 guys I named, you know, I, I'm open <laughs> to trading. <laughs> Excluding yeah. catchers, hey, hey. this organization doesn't have any catchers right now. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't even trade one of them just to decide which one you're keeping and – only if it brought back a catcher already. You know, it would have to That's be a major fair. league catcher. So, so I, if Sean I'm Murphy. trading for Wilson Contreras, who only has one year of control, I'm not trading the catcher. No. That's if fair. I'm trading for Sean Murphy, yeah, I'll do it. If I'm trading for Carson Kelly, then yeah, I'm more likely to do it. Um, of the two catchers, which do I prefer? Uh, Bo Naylor. I prefer to keep Bo Naylor over uh, – I'm still very high on Naylor. I think I had him seven, eight in my personal rankings and Lavastida. I think I had closer to 15, you know, mm-hmm. I've not been secretive saying, I think Lavastida is a, maybe a fringe starter, probably a major league, a quality major league backup. Yeah. I'd have to agree with that as well. We, we kept Naylor higher for that reason. We think the defensive tools are better. Um, <clears throat> I would say, yeah, I'm with you. No Valera, no Espino, no Rocchio. Um, Arias, I'm, I'm on the fence on. I, I would I would trade Arias in the right deal for sure. Um, you know, I think Tanner Burns is a guy you can use in a deal for sure. Um, I think Richie Palacios and Stephen Kwan are kind of redundant. I would trade Palacios if you really believe in Kwan. I think yep. you can trade Jose Tana. Um, I am not trading Logan T. Allen. Again, I, I've stressed this a lot. My future top three for this organization pitching-wise is, is Williams – Espino and Logan T. Allen, that's your one, two, three, the future, and they're going to be really freaking good. Um, yeah, anybody else I think you could trade. I know it's, there's not a ton of value down there, but yeah, so Valera, Espino, Williams, um, and Logan T. Allen, and then are kind of my only guys I would not trade. Everybody else, you know, like I said, Tanner Burns, um, if you can find value for Nolan Jones, I guess. Uh, Tana, I know you really like Angel Martinez, and I was going to bring him up. Angel Martinez has played really, really well for Lake County early on. I'm, I'm actually really excited about him, but I think you can afford to move someone like him. Yep. Um, a, a I did of, see Lenny Torres. A lot of guys that are redundant in this organization, and that's no slap at them. Um, Richie Palacios, like you mentioned, uh, Tanner Burns, who he may not see the light of day in this organization's starting staff, especially with Allen and Williams and Espino. Not a slight towards Burns. I've said when they drafted him that he may flash a number three starter. Um, I think he's probably a number four or five long-term. Um, Gabriel Arias, I, I'm convinced Brian Rocchio can be the organization's shortstop of the future. I like Arias too. There's some questions there I told you, I've told you before. Um, I would be comfortable if it was the right deal. It, it, a lot of it really just depends on the deal. My my guys that I'm not trading whatsoever are I would trade Valera if I get back a Brian Reynolds has to be a long term controllable outfielder because I have concern with the injury history of Valera injured mm-hmm. players get injured again 
You know, it just seems to happen. They're the ones that just get bit time and time again, just kind of like you see with injured pitchers. Injured pitchers get injured. Um, Espino is one I would keep. Williams is a no-brainer to me. I'm going to keep him. Um, Rocchio, really those there's, – there's three or four that I'm not moving no matter what. And then – then there's some others I can I can deal them, but it has to it has to be that. And I think that's where Valera and Arias falls for me. I can move them, but you know what I mean. I have to be comfortable that Rokio is going to be there, and in the meantime, Jimenez and I think Jimenez can be an, an everyday shortstop. By the way, um, mm-hmm. I think he needs to just get a run and get playing time. That's the issue. You can't take a 23 year old in and out of the lineup. They need to be playing on a regular basis. That's what I hate for Brian Lavastida to be up in the majors right now, but I'll get off of the soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm with you there. It's been tough for him. Um, our buddy Quincy. Um, any word on when Jones and Freeman return to game action and any early returns on pitchers, has anyone seen increased velocity or, or a difference in uh, delivery? And I can cut off a little bit on our, our live version of this, but um from what we know, Willie, is that Freeman's taking batting practice down in Arizona. So I know he's returned to hitting. He should be in game action relatively soon. I would expect him back by May. Uh, we haven't had an update on Nolan Jones. Uh, he's still recovering from, A, their ankle uh, surgery that he had in, in late last season, and he's had some back problems this spring. So yeah. uh, Jones, I'm not sure about. But Freeman, I would expect back probably by early May. Yeah, and I think Jones' back injury set him back a couple of weeks, so he's probably a couple of weeks behind Freeman. So let's say mid-May for Jones, which stinks. You know, it's lost time. Um, hopefully, he's watching a lot of video or something, kind of like Arius did in that VR tech that he used, and oh, yeah. really, really uh, improved some of the. I don't know. You know, I asked um, I asked James Harris about that a year ago. I said, uh, you know, are, you know, but Aria seemed to have a lot of success with the VR. And I said, is that something you guys are going to do? And he goes, no, we don't do that. So <laughs> that's not a thing. Unless they've changed, they could have changed. You know, Harris got moved up to a new role and yeah. uh, the farm director is brand new. So maybe they will. But uh, yeah, good point, though. Uh, Jamie Renner. I know we talked about Willa Deanne a little bit. What What's his ceiling? What could he realistically end up as? Uh, we had an interesting conversation about this on Twitter when you brought the question up. Yeah, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to participate as much as I would have liked to have just because uh, there's that four-letter <laughs> word that gets in the way of life sometimes, you know, uh, work. Um, <laughs> Will Dion is a guy I think you can comfortably say is probably a bullpen arm. I'm not going to peg him as that right now. Um, I think there's a chance for a fourth or fifth starter from him. And, and Cleveland goes for those a solid ceiling and solid floor type of players. You don't see Cleveland often go for a player like uh, a Daniel Spino who has the huge ceiling, but he also has a huge floor too. If Spino were to go the other opposite direction, so to speak, and you end up with a lights out type of closer. I think with Will Dion, consider that he's a 5'10 lefty from my understanding. So he's a smaller frame guy, a guy like that. I'm going to say is going to log less innings. Um, they're typically not built for the 200 plus innings. Um, him being left-handed, he does have two good pitches, that fastball. And I think it was a curveball, if I remember right. Um, mm-hmm. Above average. Kershaw. Didn't, didn't have the, uh, didn't have the um, 
changeup, and then he added a well. Did he add a slider, or he added the changeup? I can't remember. He added a third pitch. He didn't have. I a, think it. I think it was the changeup. So he added the changeup. I, I have to go back and look. I think you're I think right. So. I think he added the changeup to his mix, and he just pitched. He was a two pitch pitcher most of college, and then toward the end of his college career, I think he picked up the changeup. So, not having seen a lot of the changeup, I I have seen the curveball, which I like, and and the fastball, and my understanding low mid nineties on him too. So, um, good control, pinpoint precision in college. I don't know what it looks like now because I haven't watched a lot of Lynchburg, to be honest with you, other than video that I've seen on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I always just fall. I know it's such a boring answer, but I always say like, yeah, probably like you said, four or five starter, you know, mid rotation ceiling is, is the kind of guy they, they go for and they hope to squeeze more out of that. I know that's like a, such a boring default yep. answer, but that's their type. Is, Watch rinse, repeat. Take, yeah, and they'll take a, a guy who could be a three, but he's more likely a four or five and, you know, they try to squeeze more out of him like Zach Plesak or something. I don't know. It's That's their type, so. Uh, it's Will Tion. Looks like Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> uh, Cody Keene, what's your thoughts on Alec, on Oscar Gonzalez? I realize he's probably only here because of the no rule five draft. Solid month so far. Do you guys see him getting a chance, or could he be traded? Or they pretty much let us let him go at the end of the year? He um, was a minor league free agent. They could have re-signed him before. You know, they did end up re-signing him once he did hit free agency. You know, the first day of it. So there's that. I don't think the rule five has anything to do with it. Um, if another team wanted him, they probably would have traded for him. Um, I think he could still be a trade option because there's good potential. He's a DH and Cleveland already has a designated hitter. So um, I've compared him in the past to Domingo Santana. Um, who's that's not a great, great that's not a great um, comp, but I think it's fair because you're going to get an offensive player. Um but you're not going to get much on defense. So, like I said, he's a DH to me. If he does play the outfield, then expect Domingo Santana type of return. Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, I think he would have gone in the Rule 5. I think someone would have taken a chance on him as their DH to see what would have happened. But like you said, anybody out there, if they if they really wanted him, they could have signed him. He was a minor league free agent. And if they really thought, like uh, the Mets signed uh, Nick Plummer, you know, he was yeah. a minor league free agent, and the Mets went out and signed him to a deal. Uh, he was with the Cardinals. Uh, so they screwed him up right away. So anybody could have done the same thing with Oscar Gonzalez. Clearly he was lower in the pecking order. Um, you know, he's got three home runs and I think two walks. Uh, last year he had 31 home runs and 22 walks. He's a guy who homers more than he walks, which, hey, 30-whatever home runs last year it was really good. Um, that approach just has a very limited ceiling in the majors, and – um, doesn't it, it takes a special type of hitter to work, but his walk rate is just so low that I, I it's such there's no comp for it. There's no, you know, even Domingo Santana walked a lot more in the majors than this. There's yeah. just no, there's very few precedents out there for a guy with that low walk rate. But I do think someday he'll get a chance in the majors. I do not think it'll be here. Um, if you know, if they thought enough of him, Willie, they would have added him to the 40 man roster, right. Yes. Yeah. I, they would have never let him be exposed as a minor league free right. agent because, as you said, they, anybody could have had they him. They chose to protect Tina and, and John Kenzie Noel. Those guys were further away than him. They chose the, to protect the younger guys with more upside. Yep. And that should speak volumes as to how the organization sees him as an older prospect, mm-hmm. a guy that's already in AAA and, in theory, plays the position of need. 
Right. That's a great point. Is is he he they needed outfielders with power, right? And instead of adding to the forty man roster and making him a guy who could have helped them this year, they they brought him back just in case. And uh yeah, he's just not on the radar. So like I said, he'll he'll get a major league chance someday. I, I am convinced of that. I just don't think it'll be here. Yeah. Well, and I think you get him a Domingo Santana type of major leaguer there. I think there's a career for him, a path. I just don't think it's going to be a 10 year career, maybe four or five, you know? Yeah. I think Domingo Santana's out of the league already after 2020, after when he was with the Indians in 2020. So yep. uh, our friend, Mike, the mad thinker, any concerns over slow starts in Lake County and Lynchburg winning is secondary development, but winning reinforces good lessons learned. And Mike also did have a, a funny message for me about my engagement that I won't put on the podcast, but uh, I do appreciate the congratulations, Mike. Uh, any any sl- any concerns for you record wise for those guys down there? They're just so young, Willie. Everybody in that everybody in the Lynchburg roster, I feel like, is making their professional debut. If not, it's guys that had like a cup of coffee in Lynchburg last year. You got college pitching and very young hitters. You know, kind of the mm-hmm. way I look at it. They're all college pitchers who were drafted last year, the entire rotation and the piggyback starters. And then you have a bunch of high school type of level hitters, you know. Uh, so I expect a lot of inconsistency with that. And that being said, you know, you want to see development, watch them over the year. There's going to be a lot of errors. There's going to be a lot of mistakes, especially in the first part of the season. Let's see how they're doing in the summer and later in the season and watch kind of just watch the guys individually. Don't watch how the team plays together, you know, because this might be a team that finishes heavily underwater, you know, (laughs) but I'm looking more for individual um, outcomes, if you will. Yeah. I would say with Lake County, it's a lot of college pitching too, but some of those guys are going to be in Akron in a couple of weeks. And, you know, you still have your young guys like uh, PD Halpin and Angel Martinez, who are super, super young for the level. That's going to take some time for them to settle in. Although PD looks good. Both those guys look good so far. They're just so mature for their, their ages and their, their skill set. It's just so mature, which is amazing. But um, that's the weird thing is that that's their, how they choose to build the organization. They bring in college pitchers who, can move quickly and they bring in young hitters who move slower when you combine together. It's a very weird combination, I guess. Um, I don't know. I will say that the best Lake County teams I've ever seen record wise have produced very little, little major league talent. I mean, the 2010 uh, captain's team that won the championship in the league that year, um, their two major leaguers were like Roberto Perez and Tyler Holt. So what does that tell you about that team? Right. <laughs> yeah, you can you can load a team up with with solid floor players, if you will, with a bunch of college players in the lineup and a bunch of college pitchers. But as you pointed out, you know, and we've had this discussion before how they how they chose to roster build over the last really essentially three years that they've gone very heavy college arms, which is a, a very safe dynamic. Um, and then they've gone the reverse of that and gone for the high school or the international arms. That's why if you look at the players they sign in the international period, they all don't hitters. spend yeah, all hitters and then they don't spend anything significant on pitching. Um, all of the pitching really for the organization comes through the college ranks. Um, there's a few exceptions, Lenny Therese, Ethan Hankins, Daniel Espino, uh, Tristan McKenzie, all of those guys were high school draft picks. So they, 
they will take a, a very talented high school arm, but generally it's guys that are your upper, upper level prospects. And then there was, you know, Tommy Ventimiglia last year. Oh, yeah. um, it was, I think he's not on the roster either. Yeah. He's, he's probably that. waiting in Arizona to pitch what June, July before they start. I can't remember when they get going mid mid year when they get going in Arizona though. Um, I, I just think it, it's more of a reflection of what the organization has been doing over the last few years um, than it is anything other than that. You know, I, I think you're going to see the young hitters struggle, but you also, I mean, look at Angel Martinez last year. He didn't exactly have the greatest season. He hit 241, I think, last year. He hit like a buck 80 against left-handed pitching, but he was also the youngest or the second youngest player in the entire league the whole time. Then you have Peter. Yeah, what who's you also did Angel Martinez a scouting report? What did you find? He had like two at bats against players younger than him all year. Yeah, there was there was two at bats against one pitcher that he faced all year that was younger than him, meaning he was one of the youngest players in the league, or if not, he was the youngest player in the league, with the exclusion of that pitcher that he faced. And and he was great in the first like two months. In the last three yeah. months, he just started to decline, and that's not unusual for sure. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the first season in affiliated ball the season gets long for the young guys. They kind of have to stretch out and, and, you know, building, build up their body, so to speak. Um, I think that's what you're going to see with Lake County and Lynchburg. I'm not, I'm not concerned with. No. But any slow starts for the young guys, I think they've got to, they got to take their bumps. You want to see them make adjustments. And I would say too, for the Lake County guys, like this is probably the first time in his life that Petey Halpin is playing in, cold weather probably Connor Cox too like these guys are from California they never played in in uh, 40 degree weather in April before so that takes some time to get used to yeah I, I right. saw Petey helping with the mask on and I was like who's the mask oh, he, he, and then I realized oh yeah he looks very cold <laughs> he looks very cold <laughs> all right let's get to our last question from Chuck uh Biggest sleeper pitching prospects outside of the top 30. Uh, ooh, I have to go back to our top top 30 and see pitching prospect-wise. Um, anybody at the top of your head, Willie, outside the top 30 that we ranked? I mean, there's... Somebody we haven't uh, talked about today. I'll just throw this name out there. Is Hunter Gaddis, I think, has a, a big league career ahead of that's him. That's a good one. He had a good first start for Akron. He pitched very well. I could see that. Um, you know, Aaron Davenport's out of our top 30. He didn't have the greatest first start in Lake County. Um, you know, kind of nice the same thing. As, <laughs> yeah, he has that hair. He might have the best hair in the organization now. It's it's up there. That's um, if you want to be. Yeah, that's one tool. He's got 80. And if you want to be technical, we have Ryan Webb ranked 32nd. I could very much see Ryan Webb being a top 20 prospect this time next year. Yeah, easy. That's cheating a little bit because he's so close. But outside of our top thirty is is Ryan Webb, and I, I, you know, he it could go a number of ways for him this year because he's coming back from Tommy John, uh, so he may not look the greatest. But I could easily see the talent there pushing him into the top twenty by next year. He's he's that good. Uh, yeah, I think he's potential top fifteen type of arm if he comes out and just shows that. 
I expect him to come back and look rough. I mean, you, you have to expect that for yeah. somebody coming back from Tommy John. That's why I didn't make a big deal about Lenny Therese last year. I, I don't care what he looks like. Did he finish the entire season healthy? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's put it behind him. Let's go on now. You know, that's what I want to see with any of the injured arms. Yeah, he was good. I saw his first start of the year last week, and he was um, he was good at times. He was 90-94. Slider looked good. Uh, didn't really love the change up that much, but you know, he was always working on that in high school anyway. And, um, command of time wasn't there, obviously. Was the change up was lagging behind? And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he ends up a power reliever. Who knows? But he's still very young, too. He was one of the youngest yeah. guys drafted when they picked him a few years ago. And he missed two years in a row, like you said. He the last year was the first time he pitched since 2019, so, um, or 2018, I should say. So, um, yeah, there's a lot to go with him. I think uh, we saw Lenny Torres in the top 20. I think we were still pretty high on him. He's 22, so um, you know we still are, are believers in him until he makes us nine. Hunter Gannis was a good one, though. He he had a good first start. I'm not sure what his future looks like. I, another guy you could probably use in a trade that ends up being a, a good pitcher that you just don't have room for. I mean, he's yes, yeah. uh, got a great changeup. He's he's a lot like Eli Morgan, right? I mean, he throws the same kind of changeup almost, and mm-hmm. you know he reaches maxes out at ninety four, which is where Morgan maxes out at roughly, and um, doesn't have much of a curveball. Yeah, but he was good in Double A, so that's a good start for him. All right, well, Willie, we're at an hour ten, which is actually pretty good for us, believe it or not. I know that sounds crazy. Hey, we shaved um, it down five minutes. <laughs> yeah, uh, sometimes twenty minutes. Um, True. Yeah, if you got. If you got this far, like I said, uh, Willie had his preview piece up for the draft series. Uh, first piece is running tomorrow. Uh, what, what, what's tomorrow's piece, Willie? It's the uh, Cleveland type of hitters. So there's probably 20, 25 players <laughs> listed there. I give a little insight on a few of them. I think the top 15 or so. And then I kind of give it an others column right below that. There's just some guys that fit Cleveland's criteria, so to speak, uh, as far as being young for the draft class, high-level performers against, um, let's say, SEC competition uh, at PG events, which is perfect game, um, playing with Team USA. These are all things that you want to see. Um, I did not mention Cape Cod League, but that's something that, that they would um, value with somebody who has that would bat summer league experience against top flight competition. Um, guys that have that good bat ball skills and, and plate discipline, all of these guys um, show those type of attributes. And all of these guys, I think would be some of the bats that Cleveland would be very high on. Um, I don't give any insight or I don't give a whole lot of insight on these players as far as where I think they'll be taken, uh, but you'll see that as the draft board pieces start rolling out next week, even. And then later this week, there'll be the part two where I focus on the pitchers. And there's a lot of very talented pitchers this year in the what I'll call the mid rounds, that two, three, round four, round five type. Um, there are a lot hurt. of talented arms there. And college well, guys with very good control, too. So, And half of them are hurt, right? <laughs> there, half of them are hurt. There's, there's five, there's five uh, big college starters hurt right now, you know, and we're suspended just amazed. 
I'm just amazed like anybody else is left standing at this point. And just every time you turn around, one of the college pitchers is, is injured. I'm just like, and here's Tennessee loading up and getting everybody back right now. So, Oh my gosh. We could, I I know I wanted to have a draft podcast of, of guys to watch and maybe, maybe the next time you're on when you're not busy, um, we can do that. But man, Tennessee is just, if you're, if you're like, if you like baseball, Oof, Ben Joyce, uh, Chase Burns, Chase yeah. Dollander. Chase Dollander. Uh, Blake Tidwell. Blake Tidwell back. Oh, my gosh. Ray Lisham, uh, Drew Gilbert. Yeah, Jordan Beck. Jordan Beck. Yeah, Jordan. Oh, that team is unbelievable. They they have a record right now. Wasn't it 22 straight wins or something? Yeah. Yeah, I think they Ugh. have two losses on this season. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how anybody beat them, so that, that'll be fun to watch. There's, I would love to see Cleveland draft a number of guys from Tennessee. I want – I would love to see Ben Joyce, Chase Dollander's next year, but Chase Dollander probably won't drop to where they're going to draft next year. Uh, Jordan Beck, Trey Lipscomb, I think, are both interesting fits. But I'm excited to see your uh, your draft series on on guys that are Cleveland fits because I have to share the article. I think I, I shared it with you a couple weeks ago. I said, "Wow, look at all the pitchers you mentioned that were Cleveland type pitchers," and I think Cleveland ended up with like eight of them or, or whatever it was. Well, Eleven. Like, yeah, I mentioned a, I mentioned four hitters. And 40, 45 hitters, something like that, 40, 45 pitchers last year. Um, and Cleveland drafted 11 of the, yeah. of the 40 pitchers that I listed on there. So it, yeah, it's really, just really knows me, stuff. me being quantitative and looking at the numbers and Cleveland drafts certain types, you know, and uh, they really stick to that. And using those criteria, I was able to identify. And if they had more picks, they probably would have picked more of those guys. Yep. Yeah. So I, I expect a similar rate from you this year. The pressure's on now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to compare yeah. your last two years. Yeah, 11, we're going to grade you. <laughs> 11 of 21 picks last year. So what is that, like 55% or something? Yeah. So we'll grade I, you I've again. Got, That's like, pretty good. Type of batting average. <laughs> <laughs> hey, one out of three when you got when it got you in the Hall of Fame. So you had a good year. Um, yeah. So be on the lookout for those coming up. Like I said, uh, we'll have coverage at every level this year from Columbus to, to Lynchburg. That's exciting. So uh, make sure you're you're locked in and you're signed up to uh, for all the coverage for that stuff because you're not going to get that anywhere else. Nobody's covering all, all the levels. We got we actually have a Guardians reporter this year, Joe Collins. So we actually, Willie, we have we literally have somebody from the major league level all the way down to Arizona, and you're doing the draft. So literally every level of baseball. Uh, we have covered this year. That's exciting. It is. I think it uh, shows the capability of just a few people being able to kind of pair together and, hey, let's complement each other. You do your thing your way. You do. I'll do my thing my way. And we all kind of just work as a team. You know, we not a whole lot of crossover here. You know what I'm saying? We all have different <laughs> skills and abilities. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's where it really shows in, in having that ability to have somebody at every level is really cool. I think it's a great opportunity for some of the interns. And we've seen some of the interns that have been on the site before go on to a lot of success too, you know? So I think, I think it's that just providing a platform for people and Hey, you know, if we can give you a little bit of advice or whatever along the way, I'll I'll be happy to, I know that you do the same yourself. Um, I don't think you can learn a whole lot from me other than how to brew a good cup of coffee but that might be debatable too. So <laughs> I don't know. I've learned a lot about the draft from you and Jared. So I guess that's something. Yep. 
Yeah, and, and you know, you and I talk a lot. It's funny because well, I sometimes I'm like, did Justin tell me that, or did I think that myself? Because <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, talk that. so much, you know, we have a continuous uh, conversation. It seems like, yeah, and that's a good thing. It never ends. I couldn't go back through all those messages. Yeah, it's definitely good. So this is a oh good first week for the the podcast. We got to do our picks real quick for next week. So we did last year. We did the field because I know Will, you can't be on here every week, um, but we did. You know, you and the interns uh, against me. So uh, who who are you picking this week? I'll tell you mine right now. I'm going to go with Will Brennan because I'm going to stick with my guy that I picked as the breakout this year, and then um, I'm going to go with. Doug Nikhazy, because that's also my guy, and I, I think he's going to have a better second start. So, Will Brennan, Doug Nikhazy for me next week, or this week coming up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride my horse, which is Gavin Williams. Um, I okay. thought about going to Adam Scott because he has two starts this week. Oh, okay. <laughs> which which would have made it a little bit more fun. Yeah. <laughs> twice the opportunity there so you can get burned that way too though um but i'll go with gavin williams and then i'm gonna go with gabriel rodriguez gabriel rodriguez okay he's he's looked okay so far yeah uh, yeah i'm gonna take a chance on on gabriel rodriguez that he has a good week with lake county yeah his uh he hit, hit the ball hard the opposite field a couple times and i saw him and their manager was pretty uh, pleased with uh, his swing decisions. He's still a very aggressive hitter, but um, when he makes contact, he can do good things. So a little bit better of a runner than I thought, too. He was, I mean, he's probably still a 40 runner, but I actually expected he'd be more of a 30. So that was good to see. Yeah, and uh, another guy that's added strength to the frame. You know, we talked about that early on the podcast. Yeah, he had room to grow, so that's good. All right, well, now we're at an hour 20. That's more typical. I, I got excited. We were at like an hour like five, it. and then and now we're like, oh, it's an hour 20, so it still worked out the same. All right, well, you saw, if you watched on YouTube, you saw the Twitter handles, JL underscore baseball, um, Will Who 99 official underscore CGBI, uh, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review, whether you think we're good or we're not. Tell if you, But if you tell us we're not good, you got to tell us why, and you got to tell us how we can improve. There's... If you're gonna be if you're gonna be giving us criticism, it's got to be constructive. That's that's the only rule I think in life, right? Works for me. Yeah. So uh, definitely leave us any kind of review you can wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, thanks for tuning in. If you got this far, and Willie, thanks for uh, making time for me today. This was fun, and I'm excited to get another good string of these going this year. Sounds like fun. All right, adios, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah.